Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. You know, let me make a confession. I had a problem with with prayer. And the reason I know now I had a problem with prayer is because I had the wrong concept about prayer. You know, um, although I'd been raised in church, in, in Pentecostal church all my life, my concept of prayer was asking God for stuff. And as I got older, I said, well, that doesn't make any sense because he already knows. So then why should we pray? If I'm just asking God for stuff and he already knows, then why pray? And so that was one of my hang-ups about prayer is that I I had the wrong concept of prayer and and what it was supposed to be. And it was only um, as I grew as a Christian and started to to uh, study that I, I kind of got readjusted about what prayer is supposed to be. It's not just about asking God for stuff. Because all of you who are parents, I hope you know what your child already needs. They really don't, shouldn't have to ask you, right? And if that was all prayer was, then you could understand my problem. Why do we pray? He already knows. That. Haven't you been told that God already knows what you need? So it was only after really... Um, Uh, maturing as a Christian, that I began to find out that prayer is more than just asking God for stuff. And so that's what I want to to talk about tonight. Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And one of the things that came to me was, what did Adam and Eve pray about? Suppose you have everything. What do you pray about? You know, they had everything. They had a beautiful, probably the, the most beautiful scenic garden that was, we could conceive. They had, they had no need of clothes. They were clothed with the glory of God. They had no real need of going to, to Walmart, to pick and save, to Kroger's. Everything was provided. What kind of relationship did they have with God? When I started to think about that, the only thing they could have said was, thank you, God. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful garden. They could not have been asking him for anything. Their prayer, their relationship with God could only have been praise. I mean, what would you say if you had everything to God and you lacked nothing? Your prayer, which is just talking to God, could only have been, Lord, thank you for this tree. Thank you for this apple. Thank you for this river. It could have only been thankfulness. And when I started to understand uh, prayer as not just asking God for a list of things, because he knows, the Bible says he knows what we need. Now, the trouble is, do we believe that? We're not, we're not informing him of anything. He's not surprised. You know, it's a bad parent that is surprised that their kids need shoes. Right? You, you see it before they even realize it. You're already thinking, I need to buy them some shoes. It was tight the last time I put it on. Why is God any less than that? But that's our thinking. We have to, we have to let him know what we need. Lord, don't you see I need? Don't you think he knows that? 
But it's because we lack trust. We start to tell him those things. Now, there is, a, there is a place for telling God things like that, but it's not to inform him. It's just so that we let him in. Amen. It's so that we return dominion. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And so thanksgiving should be a huge part of our prayer. I heard someone say uh, your, your shopping list should be 10%. The other 90% should be thanking God. All you have to do is think what Adam and Eve would have asked God for. Well, Lord, the sky is blue. Can you make it a little more bluer? You know, when God finished in, in, in Genesis 1.31, he said it was not just good, but what? Very good. It was perfect. There was no fine-tuning. There was nothing that I think that they could have asked him for. The only thing their prayer could have been was thanksgiving. Imagine if that's all we prayed. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the trial I'm going through. <laughs> thank you for the, for, the, for the incident at work. I hope my wife won't mind. Thank you. Thank you for the accident I had this week. Well, through it, she met this Catholic man. And he just sent me an email tonight saying he wants to visit the church. <laughs> you know, when we turn the prayer around, instead of asking God, you know, as Kennedy said, not what you can, don't ask what you can do, what the country can do for you, but what, imagine if our prayer was, Lord, what can I do for you this morning? What is your will? What is your will? I think our, our whole outlook would be different. Because we are not there to inform God. Because the Bible says he knows what things we need. He knows what things we need. So it says, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. If you could go to the, the next slide for me. In... The Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, another hang-up I had was what Jesus told them about prayer. He, he said, you know, our Father, which art in heaven. And first of all, that prayer, prayer is very special, as I just happened to be talking to the church today. You won't find anyone in the Old Testament calling God Father. Our Father is a New Testament prayer. In the Old Testament, they knew him as Jehovah, as El Elyon, as Jehovah Jireh, as Jehovah Rapha. But here comes Jesus and he, said, he makes a new covenant. He says, our Father. He gives us the right and the opportunity to call God Father. Isn't that awesome? So he starts off by saying, our Father. Putting him on the same, same level. Putting the disciples on his level by saying, our Father. And he teaches them to pray. But what struck me was afterwards he said uh, that you won't be heard by your vain repetition. But then you see I had this problem because there he goes up into the mountain all night. And I didn't understand that. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up in the mountain apart to pray. And, he, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. He was up there all night praying. And I thought, well, Jesus, you said we don't have to make long prayers, but there you go, up into the mountain all night praying. What could he be doing? And then I thought about when I was dating. What did we talk about? Must have been something, but if you were listening, it was a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> for, for a time, my wife was in England, and I was here. And this was way back before they had these things called cell phones. 
They had the, you know, the rotary dial phones. I'm quite old, if you didn't know that. <laughs> didn't know that, I'm quite old. And back in uh, 77, I got a bill, to put this in perspective, a phone bill. In 77, now, for 300 and something dollars. Can you imagine how much that would be today? What did I talk about? I couldn't tell you. But I was in love. You see, if you're in, if you're in love with Jesus, it's not because you're asking him for something. Amen? It's not because you need to ask him, because you want a relationship. God, I just thank you for what a beautiful day. I thank you, Lord, I had this accident, but through that, I might win somebody. Lord, I couldn't find my keys this morning, but because of that, I missed an accident. See, we, we put it in all terms of, Lord, this is what I want. We have our shopping list. Lord, this I want you to fix. You don't know about this, Lord, but here's this trouble I'm in. You don't understand what I'm going through, Lord, but here's this list. See, we are not informing God a, a, a little bit or even anything. He already knows. And so this is the problem I had with prayer because I couldn't understand it because I was not understanding what true prayer is. It's, it's thanksgiving. It's telling God, Lord, what is your will? Isn't that what he said in Matthew 6? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. But we get up every morning and we say, Lord, I need this, I need that. Now, it's not wrong to pray for others. But you're not really surprising God or informing him that you need new shoes. My, my mother used to know I needed new clothes even before I could even think about asking. Because he cares for us if we trust that. So we see that when Jesus went up into the mountain, obviously it couldn't have been to ask for stuff. It was because he wanted to show us an example of what a relationship should be like. What a true relationship. You know, sometimes when you want to get intimate, you need to be alone. I wouldn't want anyone hearing what I was going to be saying to my wife. Now, she just happens to have some sisters that sound exactly like her. <laughs> so one day I called. <laughs> and one of her sisters, I can't remember which one, uh, answered. And I was so in love, I didn't wait to find out exactly who was. I heard the voice and I thought that was her. So I just started in, you know. <laughs> and she, <laughs> she was patient enough to keep listening and milking me for, oh, it took years to live that one down. <laughs> Jesus went alone. Sometimes you've got to get alone to give, be intimate in your prayer with God. There's things maybe uh, that you don't even want your spouse to know. You know, my wife, and I hope she doesn't mind, I can only pick on her because I can't pick on you guys. But she'll get up early and she'll go, she'll go into the bedroom and pray, and, and, and that makes me happy. I don't know what she's praying about, but I hope it's about me. Amen. I hope she's praying for me. I believe it is. Amen. But it said Jesus went up there alone. Lots of times he had to send the disciples away. But not, he couldn't have been asking for anything. I just believe he was giving us an example of what true prayer should be. Intimacy with God. It's, it's interesting, and if you press the next uh, thing there, it will come up that we see that the high priest had to go alone sometimes into the inner sanctum. Hebrews 9, 7, But unto the second went the high priest alone once every year 
Not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. Sometimes, as Paul said, we have to get into the closet and, and just pour out what we are, where we are at. You know, and share our, 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 our failures and our needs and our lack with God. Amen. Go to the next, next slide, please. Now, the word to pray, there are several, but that one means to ask or desire. John 16, 26, At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because he hath loved me, and I have believed that I came out from God. There's so many great prayers in the Bible. You know, uh, a while back there was that book, The Prayer of Jabez. But there's so many great prayers, and I don't know if you have a favorite, but I have several. Um, I don't know if I can pick one, and one of the ones that comes to me is, is Daniel's prayer. The Bible says about Daniel that he was one of the few people in the Bible of which there is nothing negative said. But when you go to Daniel 9, there he is confessing for his people. He humbled himself and he, and he confessed even though he was, he was a person that the Bible said opened his window three times a day and turned and prayed. He was standing upon God's promise to Solomon which said, If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways. He was standing upon that promise. But when we pray sometimes, you know, we, it's either usually in a hurry or, 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 or uh, in, a, in a panic we use God as a fire escape. Now, that's great that we, we know how to call upon him, but we should also have times when we just want to be alone, yes. just go up in the mountain. Yes. You know, that's why uh, her sister was able to, to pick up the phone, but when we start to pray in tongues, there is no eavesdropping. Yes. There is no uh, a decryption of that code. Right. Satan can't hear that, that prayer. The Bible says, but our spirit makes groanings. Amen. Groanings that we don't even know what we're asking for. You know, we, we think we need this. But when we start to pray in the Spirit and let the Spirit pray through us, that, I believe, is when it's the most effect, effective uh, and effectual. He says, For the Father himself loveth you because he hath loved me and have believed that I came out from God. Let's go on to the next slide. I'm going to try and hurry here. Um, I'm a long teacher but a short preacher. <laughs> Amen. Now, I want to give you three reasons. If you go on to the next one, why we should pray. As I said, I used to have a problem with praying because I had this concept of asking God for stuff. And my logic told me you shouldn't have to ask him because he already knows. But why should we pray? Well, number one, because we should be in love. Amen. Those of you who have been dating, I know that my experience is not unique. I know you were talking and you couldn't tell why you were talking all that stuff or what it was you spent all those hours talking about. Amen? Amen. Those of you who are still in love, you know what I'm talking about. But because we love him. If we love God, I mean, uh, for, for about four years I drove between Michigan, Benton Harbor, Michigan, and Milwaukee um, uh, every week. And for me, that was some of the best times of my praying life because I had nothing else to do. I was stuck in the car for four hours. So I put on my praise music and I would just start to talk with God. I'd just start to, and sometimes I'd have to put on my glasses because I, I started crying and I didn't want anyone to see. So I had to put on my, my glasses because I thought they'd think this crazy person is about to do something strange. Amen. But I had such a great time just because 
I would think of all the wonderful things and, and, and great things that God has done, the miracles that he has done. And when you start to think what he has done, love will come. Amen. We should be always grateful. No matter where you are, you may not have a dime to your name, but there's still something you can give to God. Thanks. You can give thanks. So even in praying, we can pray thanks. Lord, I just thank you. Find something in our prayers to say, thank you, God. Thank you. As I said, I dropped my keys. Who knows? I was frustrated at the time. I'm late for work. But God could have just saved you from an accident. You know, the things that we think are, are, are aggravating, if we truly believe what Paul wrote in Romans, right? And we know that all things work together for the good. Now, I heard a preacher said, actually, the most important words of Romans 8, 28 are the first three. And we know. If you don't know, the rest of it doesn't matter. But if you know all things, all things, work together for good, then, then you can stand on faith. Yes, I'm late for work, but there must be a reason. I might not see it, I might not know it, but God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. So one of the reasons we should pray is just because we love him. We can't say we love God and never want to talk to him. Amen? You can't say you love God and never speak to him. Never have a relationship with him. So my concept of asking God was wrong because that's why I couldn't understand. But there's more to prayer than just asking God. If you could press the next, next button there. To build a relationship. Let me see if my... Okay, there we go. Are you getting the next one? Yeah, there we go. Let me give you an example. Luke chapter 10, verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary, this is Martha, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. I don't know if you remember the story when he was in the house of um, a Pharisee and this woman came in and started to break a jar of very precious ointment. Well, the scripture tells us that that was that Mary. In, the, in that scripture, we don't know who it is, but it's revealed it was that one. And the Bible says that Jesus said, to whom much is forgiven, loves much. She loved Jesus because of what he had done for how he had delivered her. And if you understand what God has done for you, your prayer life will be thankful. You will be grateful. Lord, I could have died. I could have been somewhere else tonight. I could have been in a ditch. I could be uh, shot full of drugs. I could be in anonymous, uh, Alcoholic Anonymous right now, but you delivered me. So she loved so much. And so she had a relationship that was very deep. She didn't even have to sometimes speak. You know, you can have a relationship. Sometimes my wife and I will sit down, and it's not because we're mad at each other, but we'll just sit there across the table. She'll be doing her thing, and I'll be doing my thing on the computer, and we're still in love. That was Mary's relationship. She, she had such a connection. She didn't feel she had to run to Jesus the moment he came. You know, Martha was there saying, well, she should be here uh, cooking. But she had such this relationship with Jesus that she didn't, in the story, she doesn't say much. 
She doesn't say much, but she did love much. You can see that. So because we love him, that's the reason that we should pray. Because we want a relationship. The next slide for me, please. The second reason, because we must return dominion. This was so key to me on understanding why we should pray. It's returning dominion. If you could advance it one more time. We see in Genesis, the Bible says that God gave us sovereignty. He gave us dominion. One more time, if you could advance it. Let's go the next, next slide. So part of prayer is returning that dominion. In Genesis 1.26, it said, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. You know, we read that and it probably just goes psh, right over our head. But really, that one verse cost God so much. Cost God so much. When it says he gave us dominion, it means that he gave us something from himself. It cost God to give. What it cost God, it gave us freedom of choice. You are so valuable to God because you're not a robot. But what it cost God is the mess that you see in the world today. Because he knew that there would be some percentage of people that would take that choice to do evil. To do sin. To turn his beautiful garden. To turn that, that, that pristine garden, that beautiful world into the mess that you see today. That's what it cost God to give you the ability to freely love him. That's why it's so valuable to God. Your love, your, your worship is so valuable because it's something that even though being God, he can't make you do. You have to give it freely. You have to give it freely. And when you do that, it's the one thing that is so valuable to God. He could have made us all robots, but that wouldn't have been value to him. So when we pray, when we just worship, when we praise and lift up his name, and we say, God, I love you, I thank you. And when we do it from our heart, that is returning to God dominion. That is saying, God, I, I'm giving you back all my choices. This is part of prayer. You choose for me. You work through my life. I will make the wrong choices. I've made so many bad choices. It'd be embarrassing to tell you. Today we were talking about um, David. And if you were to do a search in the Bible of inquired of the Lord, you know who it would come up with? David. So many times in his life, before he did anything, it says David inquired of the Lord. He was in love with God. He, he never made a move. The times he messed up was the times he didn't ask God. He says, you know what? We've won so many battles. I don't need to go to war this time. Uh, Job, you lead the army. I'm going to stay home this time. And that was the time he messed up. Every other time. You know why David, they sang, sang this song, David has slain his 10,000? It's because he always asked God, am I going to win? And if God said no, he didn't go. So every time he went, it was only because God said you're going to win. So obviously then, he had all these winnings. He always won. Because he inquired of the Lord. He, he was a prayer warrior. He never did anything without asking of God. And sometimes twice. When he was going to defend the city of Kila, he asked God, uh, is it okay for me to go and fight the Philistines? And God said, yes. Guess what David did? You know what? I'm going to ask again. 
If you're not sure what God's will is, then you pray some more. You pray until you are sure this is what God wants you to do. So he went back and he said, God, um, I know you, I think you said yes, but could you tell me again? I want to be sure. God said, listen, you're going to win. You're going to have power and victory over the Philistines. Can you imagine how David went into battle? No fear. Because he had heard God said yes. See, when we pray and we get that answer from God, we can approach the problem with no fear. But when we are not sure, we're going to be a little bit timid, shall I? Am I going to, is this the right thing? But once we have settled it in our hearts that God has given us the answer, there's no fear. Amen. When we've been in prayer, when we've gotten the answer, when we've got the surety, we can walk in, in, in confidence. When Peter said to Jesus, bid me to come unto you. There was nothing wrong with the boat at that point. But he stepped out on the water. And as long as he was looking at Jesus, he was not walking on water. He was walking on the word. Amen. Amen. And that word was come. See, when we have been in prayer, when we get a word from God, when we've heard from the master, we can come and face the issue with confidence. Amen. So we see that part of prayer is really saying, God, yes, I can make a choice. Yes, you've given me authority to choose to do this and that. But here, God, here's what I'm doing. I'm giving it back to you. Please, our prayer, part of our prayer should be, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, should I do this? Should I take this job? Should I move here? Should I get into this relationship? And you know, a lot of times when we pray to, though, we want God to give us a particular answer. But if we will truly let God be God, and we get the right answer, then you can be like David. You'll never lose. That's why David never lost. Because he never went to battle before saying, God, am I going to win? And if God said, don't go, he wouldn't go. We see this in the New Testament with Paul. He was going to go to a certain city and the Spirit said, don't go. We may not understand that, but God has a reason. And if we will listen to the voice of the Spirit. And prayer should be a two-way street. shouldn't be just monologuing. When we have prayer at church, I say, to them sometimes, just be quiet sometimes. Listen in your spirit for God to reply to you, to move in your spirit. Don't always just be praying, you know, it's, it's not how much space you can fill, but listen. Sometimes just stop your mouth going and listen in your spirit to see if you can hear a word from God. I, I tell you, if we were like David and inquired of the Lord, we would, we would be able to face the giant, face the enemy with such confidence. Amen. We would have no fear because you can imagine when David had gotten the answer, you're going to win. He could take all kinds of risks because he knew he was going to win. We had a missionary, and I, I quoted this, um, this morning. We had a missionary some years ago that came to a church when I was in Michigan. And he was a missionary to one of these uh, Muslim countries where you know he was in fear for his life. And he was telling stories of how he's even on the way to the airport, IEDs were blowing up and everything. But he said this one thing, you cannot die if you have a mission. If you have a mission from God, you may lose all kinds of stuff. And he quoted Paul as an example. Stoned to death, right, supposedly, right? Uh, shipwrecked, snake bite. But God had told him, listen, you are going to go to Rome. And so until that mission was complete, he could not die. So I told, I told the church, if you want to live a long life, find yourself a mission from God. Man on a mission. 
Amen. When God has given you a mission, when you have a relationship in prayer with him, and he says, go here or speak there or do this, you cannot lose. You know, years ago, they had this comic um, character, Richie Rich. Maybe it's beyond some people. But his whole thing was to try and get rid of his money. And if he got rid of his little money, he would get 10 times more. And the thing was, he couldn't get rid of it. You, with God, you cannot, you cannot lose for winning when he is behind you. No matter what you do, if you're on a mission for God, if you're in prayer, if he has told you, go, you're going to be successful. You cannot lose. Amen. If you could go to the next slide for me. Again, why should we pray? To build relationship, to return dominion. And again, one more time, because we are returning the sovereignty to God. We're saying, God, yes, you've given me a choice. I can choose whom I get into a relationship with. I can choose to do this or choose to do this. But Lord, I want you to choose on my behalf. And when we do that, we're pleasing God. That's when he steps in. Solomon, because you didn't ask for wealth, because you didn't ask for riches, because you didn't ask for glory, you only asked to know me better, to have wisdom. I'm going to give you all of the rest. You know, when I was getting married, my parents were here and I was still in England. And I was expecting uh, my parents to send us a real, you know, big wedding gift. Money, maybe. That would be good. That's always useful, right? And my brother came. He, he, he came from here. And what he brought was a big old family Bible. Now, to, let's be honest. I was disappointed. <laughs> she sent this big old family Bible. I mean, it was an expensive family Bible. But it was just a Bible. And I was wanting money. You know, but here's what she, my, my mother had written in it. She had inscribed on the inside page, Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, when we're in prayer and we ask the right questions, right? God, I want to do what you, your will is. Then we'll get the right answers. You know, we sometimes, as I said, we, we have this shopping list. Okay, God, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I want you to do this. Instead of saying, turning it around, Lord, what can I do for you today? Imagine if tomorrow morning we get up and say, Lord, what can I do for you today? Who can I speak to today? Who's, who can I pray for today? Don't you think that would please God? And he might just give you all the other stuff he really knows you need. The Bible says if a man's ways please God, right? He makes his enemies. Amen. So when we are asking God the right question, we'll get the right answers. If you go to the next slide, I'm, I'll soon be finished here. See, the last reason we should pray, of, of, the, of course there's many, is because it's how we receive. It's how we receive. The Bible says if you, if you don't ask the right way, you're not going to receive. Isn't that what it says? You ask amiss. But if we ask according to his will, according to his will, it's going to happen. You know, there, there are several ways to, to get uh, results from God. The first and easiest way is just go the way God wants to go anyway. Amen? If that was what God wanted to do, you're not even going to have a problem. Just keep following the blockers. It's like a football play. God has already designed the play. All you have to do is line up behind the blockers. Don't call an audible because they'll all jump you. But he has got the blockers and he's designed the play. So the, the lowest level of getting God's will is just find out what God wants to do anyway. 
because it's going to happen. You might as well just align yourself with the way God is going to go. Now, if you want something that is personal, then you have to have a relationship. Like if I was to write to Bill Gates and ask for a million dollars, he's going to say, who? Because he doesn't know me. But if you want to have something special from God, you have to first have a relationship. You can't ask somebody who you don't have a relationship with anything. They're going to say, who are you? I don't know you. But when you have a relationship, then you have a right. And the greatest thing is that in prayer, in Matthew 6, Jesus said, our Father. Right away, that puts us on another level. That means relationship. Because I know how my earthly father was. And I know that he would do anything for me. And God is way above our earthly parents. And when we're in relationship, then we have a right to receive. If you could do the, the next slide. Amen. So I wanted to talk about receiving from God. Jeremiah 33 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The Bible says that he can do exceeding abundantly above what we ask or even think. Sometimes we limit God. Because we are only asking for this much. And he wants to give us more. But because we only ask for that, he's going to honor our dominion. If we had just left it to God, he would do more. It's like in the Old Testament, the prophet told the, the king, why don't you shoot these arrows? And he only shot three. And he said, listen, if you had shot more, every one of those arrows was a victory. But because you only shot three times, that's, that's all you're going to win. You see... We limit God sometimes by our own little thinking. Well, God can only do this much. He can only save this much. But the Bible says he can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I remember, and I'm going to try and cut this short. I remember when we were first starting out uh, downtown there at Rehoboth, we had a, a furnace that was quite old and ancient, and it had started to shut down on us now and then. And of course, you know when it shuts down, it's winter. It's not going to shut down any other time. That's how the devil works. And uh, so we were in Michigan, and we were still commuting, and we're on our way back very early Sunday morning to the church, and someone at the church calls us and said, oh, there's no heat, the furnace is down. And it was, you know, it was like, I don't know, minus one of those Wisconsin winters where it's minus. And I think, oh, no. We're in trouble now, and uh, to get the emergency heat people to come out, the gas people on a Sunday uh, at short notice was going to be $250 an hour. And at that time, you know, we were a very, very limited budget, and I said, well, we got no choice. So I called them up, and they come out, and they start to work on it. And apparently, it wasn't anything big, but they were still going to charge us $250, even though it took him about 15 minutes. So here I am coming into church, and I'm thinking, Lord, you know we don't have a lot of funds to deal with this emergency situation. And then a lady comes into church, and she comes and she gives me a check. And I didn't even look at the check very well. I saw a five, and I thought, okay, well, thank you, Jesus. I was in a bad mood, let me confess. <laughs> I'm human, I'm flesh. So I looked, and I said, well, thank you. And I really did not... You know, look at it properly. I just shoved it in my pocket. And in my mind, I was focusing on the problem instead of the creator. Amen. So she came in and she, she talked to me. And she said, you know, 30 years ago, I made a pledge to this church. 
30, well, my father had been the pastor then, 30 years ago, she, and suddenly, 30 years on this particular Sunday, she walks into the church and gives me a check. And then she walks out, I didn't even really get her name. She just says, 30 years ago I made a pledge, she gave me this check and walked out. So again, I, I was because of my mood, because I was thinking, man, we got this bill to pay. I didn't even look at it. And when after church I looked at it, it was for double. It was for $500. You see, God can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He already, somehow 30 years ago, I don't know how that works, but he already took care of the problem. He pre-answered it. He pre-answered it. You see, because he knows what we need. All we need to do is say, Lord, I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to do your will. That's all we have to do. We have to submit our dominion to him. It's not a laundry list. We need to reverse it. I challenge you this week, if you get up tomorrow morning and say, Lord, what can I do for you? I challenge my church to go a whole week without asking God for anything. Just saying, God, what can I do for you? How can you use me? Wouldn't that be powerful? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be just tremendous because God starts using you because instead of asking for something, you're saying, Lord, use me. And isn't that what Jesus said? Thy will be done. Thy will be done. One more slide and then we're go I'm going to quit. Keep going, keep going. I'm going to skip a few slides. Okay, so types of prayer. Of course, the one we all know is supplication. That means a bowing down, worship. Exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Philippians 4, 6 speaks about it. To be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. We notice that when Jesus, Jesus prayed, he always thanked God. When he fed the 5,000, he broke the bread and he gave thanks. He gave thanks. Wouldn't it be great if we just started thanking God in our prayers? Lord, I thank you for handling this situation. Instead of asking him to just start thanking him for handling the situation. So supplication is a prayer of entreaty and humbling. We see that when it spoke about supplication in the Old Testament, they were always prostrate. They were always on their face. Next. So it's, it, it shows that in 1 in Kings. Uh, the next type of, um, you can go to the next slide. The next type is intercession. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, our weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession. See, I was so limiting myself, because the only prayer I knew about was supplication, asking God for stuff. But there is so much more. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Paul in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, But if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Keep going. So true intercessory prayer is only accomplished when praying in the spirit because it is the spirit that is the true intercessor. We cannot be the intercessor. The Bible says there's only one intercessor between God and man, and that's Christ Jesus. If you could go to the next slide. Now this should be mostly our prayer, a prayer of thanksgiving. Imagine if you woke up on a Tuesday and all you did was give thanks. Didn't ask for anything. All you said is, Lord, I thank you for my family. I thank you for this job. I thank you for that supervisor's getting on my nerves. 
I thank you for the car that needs an oil change. I thank you for my church. I thank you for my past. Imagine, could you, could you do a prayer like that? Is it possible? Could you do a whole prayer of nothing but thanksgiving? How powerful would that be? How powerful would that be if all you did was give thanks? Because I call that a garden prayer because really that's all I can see Adam and Eve doing. What could they be complaining about? Lord, well, the glow is a little bit dim this morning. The fruit isn't quite as sweet. I can't see that. All they could do was rejoice and say, Lord, we just love you. We thank you. You've blessed us. That's all they could do. What, what perfection. So do a Tuesday Thanksgiving. All you do all day is Thanksgiving. I think that's such a powerful prayer. Amen. Give thanks unto the Lord for his love endures forever. Ephesians 5.20. Giving thanks always for all things. Now it's not easy. That's not easy. It's not easy to give thanks for everything. But again, it comes back to the Romans 8.28. And we know. Do you know all things work together? If you can say that and believe it and mean it, then you can give thanks in every situation. Amen. If you could go on to the next, next slide. Praise and worship. That's powerful too. Just worshiping God. You know, take, take a Wednesday and all you do is worship. Thank you, Lord. You know, before the walls of Jericho fell, the Bible said they marched around and they shouted. Now, the Bible doesn't say what they shouted. I just think it was worship. Maybe they called on the name of Jesus. Maybe they said Jehovah gives us victory. But that's another form of prayer is just worship. And that is one of the most powerful prayers is worship. Is worship. I, I think one of the greatest Things in the Bible I've ever seen is, again, it's David. His child has been sick for seven days. He's been praying and fasting. And then the child dies. What does the scripture say he did? He got up, anointed himself, went to the temple and worshipped. How can you do that? But you can. That must have been so, that, no wonder God calls him a man after his own heart. Imagine, we've just gone through some great traumatic distress. First thing you do, the church is open, you come here and you start worshiping. Boy, Satan has got to be shaking his head and going like, what have I got to do to these people? What am I going to do to them? Because I just thought I destroyed their life and there they are in church worshiping. Oh goodness, God is just saying, hast thou considered my servant Job? You put all this stuff and look what he's doing. He's back in church worshiping. What a powerful prayer. See, I didn't understand all these prayers. I thought it was just asking God, gimme, gimme, gimme. But there's so much more. We'll just finish the, 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 all the prayers. If you could do submission. That's another prayer. Lord, take everything I have. Make it yours. I submit to you. You take my will. Don't, do not let me make any choices because... If you do, let me make choices, it's going to be disaster. I asked the people at church, who's bought lemons before? Cars, you know? They look so good on the parking lot. and Ooh, you wish you had never bought that thing about a month after. We need to be submitted to God in prayer. Next one, submit yourselves to God. And then agreement, a prayer of agreement. The Bible says that we can agree. And that's a corporate prayer. When we get together and we agree, that's powerful. Because we have sonship. 
We've been given dominion. And when we get together and, and act as sons of God, we have power. In Acts 16, 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Here they were facing execution. They were going to be executed. They were in stocks and bonds. And it, it probably wasn't as pretty as that picture. It's probably dark and stink and filthy and, and, and vermin running around. Can you praise God in that circumstance? Can you worship? You know, when you do that kind of thing, there is a, such a power. No wonder there had to be an earthquake. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Because there is a power in agreement and in worship and in praise. And immediately, all of the, the things were opened. I'm glad you went on to the next one. The next one is called the prayer of faith. Amen. Where you don't see it, you can't feel it, but you believe it. James 5.15 speaks about, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Of course, it only works if you pray in faith. If you're not going to pray in faith, if you pray half-doubting, then that's not faith. But there's a prayer of faith that is also powerful because it gives full confidence and trust in our Savior. Amen. Next, next slide. I think that, that might be it, but we'll see. Amen. If you could stand with me. Amen. I hope I haven't taken too much time, but I wanted to encourage you. That there's so many other ways of praying instead of gimme, gimme, gimme. Amen. And when we start to use the, all of the weapons that we've been given, amen. You know, we're, we've been given the helmet of salvation. The shield of faith. Breastplate of righteousness. Having our loins girt around with truth and our feet shod with the of the gospel. But all of those things are defensive. They, they won't fight, they'll defend. But taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. When we then pray the Word of God, we're actually starting to take the battle to Satan. Amen. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. It is written. Amen. There, they say there's more than 7,000 promises. If you don't even know what to pray, pray a scripture. Pray a scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. You can just pray those three, three words. The Lord is my shepherd. Think about that. If the Lord is your shepherd, he's going to protect you. He's going to feed you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to lead you by still waters. He's going to take you through paths of righteousness. He's going to take you through the valley of the shadow of death. You can just take those three words. The Lord is my shepherd. Or you can move to Psalms 27. The Lord is my salvation. You know, if you don't know what to pray, just pray the word. That's what Jesus did. When Satan came, he said, it is written. You know, you may be going some financial hardship. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. God will stand upon his word. That's what Peter walked on, not on water. It was one word, come. And he's telling us tonight, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Because there is so much relationship that we can have with God if we will use the weapons that we have been given. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And if we could just do that, just take a day and do one of these prayers. 
I'm just going to thank you today. I'm not asking for nothing. I just want to thank you. Thank you for my beat up car. It still works today. Amen. Thank you for, for this job. Thank you for this house. It may not be the best, but it's covering me right now. And if we start have that attitude of praise and thanksgiving, and then the Bible said, make our supplications known with thanksgiving, I think we'll have such a power, such a deliverance, such a change, that you'll be here next Sunday telling pastor all the things that happened. Breakthrough. Lord, what can I do for you? How can I, you be used of you? Of you, Lord God. And then he'll give you all the other things. Because the Bible says he knows what we really And he's going to provide for us. Amen. I just thank Brother and Sister Calhoun for inviting us here tonight. And I hope that in the three days I believe you've had about prayer. Maybe some of this has been said before. But if it has, the Lord just wants you to hear it again. Amen. And for me to hear it, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. Amen. I need to do these things too. Because I get flesh sometimes too. I get discouraged sometimes and I have to remember now. You know what you preach to all those people? You got to remember what you, sometimes you have to do like David. Bible said David encouraged himself. There was times when things happened and the men were about to stone him. And he didn't have anyone else to say, come on David. Bible said he encouraged himself. So you may be out there this week and no one to to. to, to Pat you on the back, you're going to have to remember some scripture and encourage yourself. Amen. Amen. I'm just praying that God will continue to bless this church. Amen. And give you a harvest of souls. Amen. To bless your pastor and his wife. Amen. And everyone in here because God is doing something special in these end times. Amen. He is building a body. And we need to come together and fellowship and be encouraging one another in these end times. And to pray for one another. Amen. To be intercessors for each other. And I'm so grateful for God's mercy and his grace and his love. And I just want to encourage you that God is, can do a, a, a work abundantly exceeding. Yeah. Amen. I thought it was 50 bucks. And it was 500. <laughs> See, he did exceeding abundantly above all that I even asked. It was double the cost of the repair. That's what God can do. That's what he can do. He can go above and beyond. We see that when they threw the net over, it wasn't just the few fish they thought. They couldn't haul it in. It was above and beyond. They needed to have gotten some other boats. He will do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Hallelujah. And I just want to encourage you that this week, do some different kinds of praying. Do the garden prayer. All you can do is thank God. I think that's going to be so powerful if you try that. That something new is going to happen. Because God will look at them and say, these people want to be back in the garden. I'm going to have to do something for them. Amen. Because that is also a prayer of faith. Amen. So I, I'm going to close right now. I'm going to ask Brother Calhoun to back to the podium here. But I just want you to pray for us at Rehoboth. We, we're in the inner city. And of course, you know, all kinds of stuff goes on there. But you know what? God is my refuge and strength and an ever-present help in time of trouble. God bless you. Amen, Brother Kill. Amen, amen. Thank you, Brother. Come on, let's give God a big hand. Let's celebrate the word of God we heard tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. 
Hallelujah. How fitting for Thanksgiving month, amen, for November, for us to walk out the rest of this month with Thanksgiving prayers. How many know your supplications are, are increased when you put them with Thanksgiving, as he talked about? Amen. I'm so grateful for that. Thank you for teaching us, brother. That was tremendous, tremendous teaching. Let's thank the Lord again. Now, we, we come here and pray on our prayer service, but we also came and we learned how to pray tonight. Amen. How many learned something in the Word tonight? Amen. I want you to take that with you. So let's just pray together to close. We're not going to spend a ton of time in private prayer, but we're just going to take this with us, learn this. It's going to be on the website so you can listen to it again. Jesus, we thank you so much for what you've done for us, Lord God, through these last few moments. We thank you, Lord. We use those two words, Lord Jesus, so often just flippantly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But Lord, we truly want to have a heart of thanksgiving this month, Lord God. And as we walk out the rest to this month, I'm praying, Jesus, that you give us opportunities to see places where we can be thankful to you, Lord God. Thankful in relationships, the things we look over that our spouse may do for us. Help us to be thankful to them, Lord God, because Thanksgiving, Lord Jesus, gives us a spirit of contentment, Lord God. Through Thanksgiving, we have contentment. And Lord Jesus, you said godliness with contentment is great gain. I'm asking you to give us gain from our Thanksgiving this month to help us to understand that when we pray and ask, Lord Jesus, those supplications, that our spirits can be content to wait on your answer through that thanksgiving, Lord God. Help us to go deeper into thanksgiving this month, Lord God. Not, not just to be a holiday where we gather around the table and carve um, a seasonal bird, but we, we ask you, Lord Jesus, to give us not just a wonderful time of family, but also a wonderful revelation of who you are in thanksgiving and how it contents our soul to walk out, Lord Jesus, through the storm, Lord God, that we can live on your word and we can thank you through the storm, Jesus. Thank you for the word tonight. I know you've encouraged our hearts. Give us a great week, Lord Jesus. Help us, Jesus, to cover our workplaces, cover our homes, and cover our lives in the name of Jesus. And everybody said in Jesus' name, God bless you as you go tonight. Encourage somebody. Amen.
Shake their hand and just be glad. Tell them you're glad that they came to prayer service tonight. Amen.